Hey guys, we are back. Welcome to Rankable episode 37. I'm your host as usual, Jared Thomas, Senior Account Executive at iPool Rank. And today, man, we have a special, special episode for you guys. And our topic today is how to grow your e-commerce business, right? And before we begin, um, there's been a lot of things going on in the world. And I do want to say rest in peace to the brother, um, Deontay Wright, brother. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff going on. Black lives matter, all lives. You know what I mean? Everybody's love, man. You know what I mean? So the people... You know, shout out to their family first and foremost. My condolences and prayers to you guys. Like that's this episode is for you guys, and you know, just hopefully there's peace in the world and you know, everything comes out of this. But um, on a lighter note, man, we have a brother right here, a very very special guest, man. So I've been waiting for this conversation for a long time. He's been um he's been worked at places like Kimberly and Clark, uh, IBM, and now he is the CEO of Fourth Ave Market, which is the largest Black-owned retailer in the beauty and hair space in the U.S. So I want to introduce our special guest today, Mr. Salim Holder, man. How are you, brother? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. What's the word, man? I'm happy to be here today. Man, we're happy to have you, brother. We really appreciate you, man. So I'm excited, man. I've gotten DMs, text calls, man, like, yo, can I, can you help me with my e-commerce business? And mm-hmm. who better than ask than yourself? But, um, you know, before we get into the, the execution and all that stuff and the actionable insights, like, just tell me a little bit more about your story, man. So you got a lot of experience and, and what eventually led to the fourth ad market creation. Yeah, man, it's been it's been an interesting and I say exciting journey. You know, I, yeah. I, I'll tell you my, um, you know, I graduated with a bachelor's in marketing at Hampton University. I worked for a couple of years and uh, at Target specifically, it was logistics. I'm in the store yeah. <laughs> and, you know, for like two years managing logistics. I realized I was like one day I knew I wanted to run my own business. And so I figured I was like, well, I need to go back and learn how to do it. And so I had experience with sales and other things. But yeah. I decided to go back, get my MBA, got my MBA from University of Rochester. And mm-hmm. when I graduated there. That's when I started working with Kimberly Clark and I started working there. I worked there for five years and and honestly, for the last 10 years, it's been working with companies like Kimberly Clark, managing brands like Kotex, managed brands like Cottonelle mm. or Jameson Irish Whiskey. I managed denture brands, grooming brands. Mm. And honestly, over 10 years, man, I'm growing these businesses by millions of dollars, growing profit by double digits. And I just got to a point where I'm like, yo, if I could do it for them, yeah, I'd do it for me. And And I think the bigger part of that was just understanding that. As much as I could do it for them, I could do it for me. The other part was I didn't see how the things I was doing on a daily basis was having an impact on the communities I'm from or the communities I was a part of. You know, it was all great helping more people get, you know, kids medicine and deodorant or tissues, et cetera. It's all necessary stuff. But at the same time, I was like, yo, I I felt like there was more that I could do to contribute to my community. And so with that and the confidence of being able to have, you know, some strong results over those decades, I decided I was like, yo, I'm stepping out on faith. And January 2018, I just stepped out on faith. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to go, but I'm charting a new path. I know it's not here. And in doing so, I I came across the opportunity where I actually I teach digital marketing with General Assembly. And then I, I, I had spoken to the sales broker who I'd known for years. I mean, she had, I'd worked for a few years. Her job was get products on the shelves of Walmarts, Targets, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so I went to her with this product idea, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, listen, I think that I got this idea. What do you think? Can I get it on the yeah. shelf? And I forgot she had told me a year before that she had started a business. It was called JuicyDo.com. It was ethnic hair care, multicultural products. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like the name of it, you know, but it wasn't <laughs> about the name. <laughs> well, what it was more about what I saw and recognized pretty quickly, I was like, yo, she's got this 
practice connections to distributors, manufacturers, and these relationships that she's exactly. built with all these businesses and brands. And when she was like, yo, I just really want to sell. I just want to retire. I was like, yo. So I called my best friend who's in 15 years, software engineer, worked in Silicon Valley, GitHub, et cetera. And I was like, yo, we could put our heads together with your experience in e-commerce and tech. And my experience with marketing, we could put our heads together and create something. And at first it started with just make a little cash. But then we realized the opportunity was much greater in creating a platform that can actually contribute back to the growth of a certain community, a community that has been deprioritized in so many other places. Yeah, exactly. So that's what brought us to this opportunity with Fourth Ave. Man, that's a, that's an amazing story, brother. But, but like like one one thing that I caught caught out of that is the fact that you were building the brands, right? You understood what the market share was, right? Especially for our community, right? When you think of yeah. these big brands, we think of a Colgate. When you think of oh, any brand that we use in the community, right? What mm -hmm. we need to be asking ourselves is, what are we getting back? That's exactly what, what are we, we getting back? Ourselves. Yes, like, and and. I, I was I was asking that same question. It's like, what are we getting back? Because I think specific in the hair care category, yo, mm -hmm. you're talking about black consumers. We generate two billion dollars in sales. That's just our portion of the hair care category. And what mm. we what we sell, the, the, the unfortunate part is that's 85 percent of sales of ethnic and multicultural hair care products. But we only own seven percent of the stores. Exactly. Which wouldn't be a problem if we didn't walk into stores and had a little four foot section called the ethnic set that only had products that were owned by a couple major companies. Or we didn't have to choose between going to stores that don't want us in there as they follow us around the stores, the ones in our community. Exactly. Right. It wouldn't matter who owned it if we didn't have that to choose between places that have what we want and places that don't want us in there or places, I'm sorry, that don't have what we want yeah. and those that don't want us in there. So yeah. I was like, yo, we can create our own table over here with this whole fourth Ave market movement. And create something that contributes back to our community, so it is yep. investing back in. That's it, man. And I'm curious, like, like, so it was 2018, right? Why do the e-commerce instead of a regular mom? Right? Why not do a, a brick and mortar? You know what I mean? Store. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just you know curious what I, what's I, up with that. Like, was it just like a cost factor, or you just like I could reach more digitally? Oh man, it was it was the reach because the way I yep. saw it, it was like we can always go towards a brick and mortar store. But the challenge across the country is people are struggling to find products and 65% of these consumers yeah. are going online and say, where do I buy? Yeah. So I said, well, I can, number one, I can get access and connected to all these people across the country, especially the ones that don't live in urban areas where there's a wider range of the products yeah. available to them. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I can reach them that way. But then num number two, I was like, you know, without having to worry about the inventory, I can actually bring on a lot more products. I got an unlimited shelf space. There's not just a dedicated area in my however big square foot store. I yeah. got an unlimited shelf space. I can carry as many SKUs as we want to carry and just yeah. work on making it easy for the consumer to find it. So that's why I was like, we're going to start off digital. And, you know, who knows? In the future, maybe there's an element of it that brings brick yeah. and mortar into it. But we said the, the, the e-commerce was absolutely the way to start. Yeah, I, I would even say I don't even think you need brick and mortar. I think you're more experiential marketing than anything. Yeah, I, exactly. I would go, Good point. I, I would I would go to every region and just be like, yes. hey, look, we're gonna do a pop-up shop. We're gonna do uh nice. we're gonna do a barbecue. We got the yep. fourth half barbecue. Yes. Come through, yes. get your ribs, get the chicken. Yeah, we got the yep. products, we got ladies getting their hair done on this side, we got yep. the bounty slides yep. for the kids, things like that, yes. man. That 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 means something. It goes back to your main point of yes. like how do we give back to the community? How do we reinvest back into the community, right? Right. And so you had your partner and she had the tech experience, you have your digital market experience of the fact that you've grown brands. So what was the first step from there? Like, so you guys said, yeah, we're going to do this. 
what what yeah. did the business plan look like from that point? Yeah, so there was two elements of it. Okay. For me, the important part was, yo, I recognize the importance of building a brand, right? You could have a store and just be like, yo, we're going to have a store. But I was like, no, we got to figure out. Let's take a step back, understand what the gaps are in the market. What are the points of tension that consumers are feeling? How can we resolve those? And how can we set ourselves up as a brand that people look to as the answer for those challenges? So it took us that time. Like we could have just turned the store back on. Like we bought the store. So we just, you know, we could have just turned it on and went. And that was actually the second part was there was some cleanup we had to do. We had to clean up the store. We had to, like, make it operate right, optimize it, and then even just make sure it looked right. So there was, like, the branding part of it. Like, what is our brand? What's our story? What are we about? Who are we talking to? There was just the technical cleanup elements of the site, making sure the prices are right, et cetera. The brand name is right. And, 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 and then, and then we, then we start to figure out, okay, how then do we market and bring people in? But the first part was like, you know, that initial setup, (laughs) you know, it took a little bit of work. Get our logo, get our, you know, what's our brand story? What's our mission statement? What's all of those good things. Right. And then as you leave, I just think that the hardest part, think for e-commerce brand is acquiring that net new customer. Right. Which goes back to your marketing point. Right. Like, how do we acquire? Yeah. I'm fourth ad market. Right. People don't know me in the space. How do I connect with my customer and essentially yeah. for my community? Right. And it can't be just, some, you know, as far as our messaging, it has to be on point. If it's not on point, yeah. we're going to tell you. We're going to oh, tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we want crew. We will not hesitate, man. And I, I, I got to, man, there's so many comments on Facebook and videos of like, <laughs> Someone's like, yo, go ahead, brother. Others is like, wait a minute. Is this really black owned? Let me see your social security number, your birth yeah. certificate. You know, they're like, let me validate this. Yeah, oh man, that's one thing, man. We we we, we give we give each other a hard time, man. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta chill with that, man. And like and like in terms of like, so what what was the idea of like as far as the brand, right? So you want to create the brand, you want to acquire net new customers, right? Where you yeah. gonna say, hey, like I'm gonna be the face of the brand. I'm gonna be the influencer. I'm gonna tell my story and then get customers in, and then I'm gonna have the products mm-hmm. that they want essentially. So I just need to get yeah. you in. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've I realized that you gotta. You can. I. I uh, here, here's one thing I, I saw in my experience. I can get people to a website, right? Yeah. I can. I. I know I can get you to the website, but then it's almost like a promoter. It's like I can get you to the party. Yeah. If you have a good time and I, I don't know, that's on a DJ, that's on the event, the venue, right? There's yeah. a lot of parts. So, so good thinking analogy. about the same with an e-commerce site, it's like, yo, marketing can get people to the site, but you talking about customers, you talking about, I want sales, I want customers. So then what I had to also realize is we started off with what's the message that we want to put out there. So we put some ads out and said, does this message resonate? Does it get mm-hmm. people to the site? And they were like, absolutely. We love the message. We got them to the site. But then the question was, when they get there, what are they doing? What is and this the is the part. Yeah, what's the experience? Yeah. What are they doing? And this is the part where I feel like a lot of e-commerce companies are not doing the detailed analytics to see that conversion, right? Yeah. That conversion optimization. When they get to the site, when they look at a product, when they add it to the cart, when they go through the checkout and looking at where the drop off is and what is the points of friction along that journey that they can relieve. Exactly. Right. And so that's what we did. We had people come to the site, but then nobody was buying. So we had to then optimize the site, make categories update, change the search bar, make it easier for this to load fast. The image is here. And next thing we knew, we start to see people buying and then sales going up and conversion rate going up. So that's really the hard work that I think a lot of people just because they don't buy right away. Don't mean you got a bad idea. And it also doesn't exactly. mean you need to put more ads out. Yes. Right. 
it means sometimes you got to look at, well, what's happening when they get there? Because if you pour more water into yeah. a leaky bucket, there's not going to have more water at the end. You That's know what I'm it. saying? It's going to have more of a mess on the floor. So oh, yeah. you got to fix the holes in the bucket and then pour the ads on and then put yeah. the investment in. You get a return for that. Yeah, absolutely. So for those listening who may not be in tune, what, what Salim is talking about is gold right now, right? So essentially, right, what he's saying, getting somebody to your website is easy. Anybody can go to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, pay for an ad, right? The main thing is think about your attention span, right? Think about when you go to a website and it's not the content that you want. If it's not the product that you want, what are you going to do? You are going mm -hmm. to leave, right? So that's the main thing you should be thinking about as an e-commerce owner or you know whether you own the website, whatever the case may be, what is my experience look like? What do I want my customers to experience once they land mm -hmm. here, right? Because you can have the ad and if it's a bad landing page and I don't know what the hell you're doing, it means nothing. And you're just right. wasting money, it's wasteful spending, right? So guys, yeah. think about that. The analytics that he's talking about, you wanna look at things like bounce rate, your time on site. You wanna understand mm -hmm. what that customer journey is, right? How many pages are they going to and what pages they drop off so I can change that experience. Right, so those Absolutely. are the things you have to look at, and analytics is key. Um, what, what analytics were you, were you, were you using? You using like GA and? Yeah, man, we started with just basic Google Analytics. Yeah, you know, and then we start to do some other things when we we're actually like looking at the journey, and we start using like Hotjar to be able to yeah. look at the journey through the site. You know, and we start to get more detail. But yeah, yo, Google Analytics goes real far. You know, and it's Google free, far. so you don't have to. You don't even have to spend much and invest much. It's like that can give you so much visibility into how you can just make specific improvements. So we start there, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yep. And then SEO is a, is a huge thing too, right? When you think oh about it, God, yes. right? So strengthen, like one thing you want to do is not go heavy on paid initially, right? Because the thing mm -hmm. is, what if Facebook drops off tomorrow? What if something happens with the ad program and your business is relying on that channel? your business mm -hmm. goes flat, right? But if you yeah. have a strong organic presence, and really what that means is just, if somebody types in, um, you know, the best wig or the best hair care, or I want something for the edges or whatever the case mm -hmm. may be, right? What is showing up? And you need content right. to address that. And what I mean by addressing it is everybody in that funnel, right? There's gonna be people yeah. who's like, I don't know how to use edges. How should I get this girl and da da da? It's yeah. gonna be some people's like, yo, I've been trying four different conditioners. I can't find the right, right one for me. Right. Right. So, what kind of content do I have to deliver to say, hey, yeah. we have what you want? And if you yeah. solve that issue, you increase your conversion rates tenfold. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you made a really good point too, and just thinking about you know the power of organic search, and that's actually something in SEO. That's actually something that we invested in right away. Right. So even yeah. like soon as the site launched, we were like, yo, just get on the SEO. Yeah. I know it's going to take time. Just let them do their thing over here on the side. Don't touch that budget. Just chill. <laughs> let it go. Don't worry about the return right now. It'll return significantly later. And so now a year and a half, almost two yeah. years from now, we starting to look at it and it's starting to see this, the, the, not starting, but we're seeing this organic, you know, like yeah, the yeah. search is coming in, direct search is happening. So yeah. our cost of acquisition is going down yeah. significantly, right? So, so, th but that's something that people don't have a lot of um, patience for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we want to get sales and traffic right away. SEO, if I start changing titles and tags and adding some content, I can't tell you if I change it today, you're going to get a spike in traffic tomorrow, right? Exactly. It's not how it works. But yeah. the idea is just what you said is I'm answering people's questions. People yeah. got questions that they're answering that that we can that we're uniquely positioned to answer. And SEO and content yeah. helps us do that. And more and more people click on it, more we get found, the more that return comes in. So, so SEO was always huge for us. We were like, yo, just invest 
even if we don't have a heavy amount to really go crazy and do all this other stuff, we're going to do the basics, make sure the yeah. tags are right, the titles are right, the image is right, keywords in the right places, some of the basics, right? That's it. So you're right about that. that, that it that's works. The, that's the key, man. I, I can't tell you how many e-commerce people I speak with on a daily basis that have come to me and be like, look, Jared, I need more sales. But I look at their page, it's just product. Soon as you go on the home yes. page, it doesn't mean, like, if I don't know you, I have the same thing. If yeah. I, I tell people about personal branding all the time, right? So me, I'm on LinkedIn every day, right? If yeah. I just go up and start pitching people in the DM, they don't know who the hell I am. They're going to say, yeah. yo, who is this guy? I don't want to yeah. speak to him. And you got to build right. that relationship. The content right. is the bridge to the sale. Yes, you have yes. to. You have to, guys. So if you're just thinking I'm going to show a couple of SKUs and just because you have the, the newest edge control, whatever the case may be, right. unless it's exclusive right. to you, no one cares. Facts. And even if it is exclusive from you, why should I buy from you? Yes. And how are they going to find it? And that's the yes. thing is how they find it. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, I know, especially as a startup, you don't have an infinite budget. Nobody has an infinite budget, you yeah. know. And so as a startup, it's like you got to figure out how do I start to grow this and create a flywheel. So now I can use money because it's just coming in. Right. Exactly. So that organic content, though, it helps to answer those questions from people who are searching that may not know you, but can find you because you're pulling them in through their own content what they want to spend their time on. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I'm curious too, like, because I've got a lot of brothers and sisters, you know, that at least in, in my neighborhood, that's like, look, I want to start an e-commerce business. And they ask me, what's the initial investment look like, right? And you don't have to tell me just ballpark. What do you think is a good sure. amount that you think I should go into to invest into starting an e-commerce store? When you think about site yeah. build, products, all that yeah. stuff. So, yo, it can range, right? Because it depends how, like, we got 7,000 SKUs, right? So it's <laughs> like... It's a, like, I didn't even really think about it. You know, at first it was like 7,000 SKUs, cool. And then yeah. you start going through, it's like a product at a time, right? Mm -hmm. That takes time. But say you got five, 10 SKUs on it, right? It's more manageable. Realistically, you could create a Shopify site. You don't have to create no crazy robust site. You can create a Shopify site. I, I want to say they probably got plans, $60 a month, maybe even mm -hmm. less than that or something like that. Somebody build a site. It could be $500,000 to build a basic site. You know, nothing yeah. that's crazy. Just like a basic site gets you something nice, right? Yeah. Some content on there, that type of thing. I think the bigger, the bigger investment comes either in marketing or is going to come in your inventory. And it yeah. really depends if you're able to go the drop ship model or if you're able to work with people where there's trust built and they allow you to sell their product on consignment. So mm -hmm. I have some vendors that we work with that we don't have to buy the inventory from. They either work on a consignment or a drop ship model. Mm -hmm. And then we have other vendors where we do pull on some inventory. Now, when it comes down to me pulling that inventory, I've been real tight with it. Right. Like yeah. I'm, I'm I think what you have to understand is in general is how many weeks of inventory do you need to have on hand? Yeah. Right. And that means like, so then you could think about to figure that out. How much do I sell each day? Right. Yeah. How much do I, and the, the reality is if it's a new product. You probably not going to know how much you're going to sell. So you're going <laughs> to exactly. have to come up with a forecast. And so like, literally I would start with new brands. I'm like, yo, give me a half a case. Right. Because if you think about it, I have 7,000 products on the site. Every product's not selling every day. Exactly. Right. And so if you have five products, then maybe you can look at, all right, let me get maybe a little more of a half a case, et cetera. I don't know. But I looked at it as like for some, let me get a half a case and let me see how it sells. If it sells out in a week. Great. Now, at least I got an idea on what that how quickly it's going to sell. So I don't overextend myself with cash, put it towards inventory that's now tied up and sitting there. It's not selling. The, the, so that makes so much sense, man. Especially, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with the dropship model, but I'm assuming, like you said, mm -hmm. if I'm a if I'm a black owned 
black owner, black owned business that I'm selling edge control or edge care, or whatever the case may be, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, look, I just need to be on your marketplace. It's something like Uber Eats or something, right? You take something yeah. off the, you yeah. take something off that sale, but you got your you got your product in a new marketplace and yes. a new audience. Yes. Yep. Like dropship, dropship is just essentially, you know, me working with a brand, listing the product on the site. They mm-hmm. hold the inventory. When a sale gets made, I just send a note to them. Hey, we just sold an item. They ship it out for me. And then I send them a check for what um for what the item the cost of the item was. Right. Exactly. And so this way you're, you're I carry Amazon. zero inventory. Yeah, basically, right? You're and so that's Amazon. exactly what Amazon does, right? Yeah. So so in that case, then I don't have to worry about buying any inventory, you know, and and that's but beautiful. I think. There's other there's other challenges because you got to manage now they manage the quality right so exactly. we don't ship out on time right all those things could impact but I think those are things that you just got to think through but it's definitely worth it if you don't have to invest this heavily and in buying all the inventory up front especially if you don't know how much is gonna sell yeah. I would only buy a little bit up front and and but it's harder to find these partners that are willing to drop ship about that I was just about to ask that right like <laughs> how, how do you choose which products get on the site like what is the vetting process? Yeah. So, so, so when we first started, like I said, we bought the site and we bought it because the relationships, that's what we were like, yo, it's going to be incredibly difficult for us to form these relationships with all these different vendors and distributors. So we were like, boom, that's what we're going to do. And then we just took everything we had. We was like, yo, post it on a site. And then now we start to go and refine that and curate that and see where people actually spending time. What are they really looking for? What products aren't selling? And the reality is, it doesn't really cost us anything to have more items on the site, yeah. but it just, what it really does in a, in a way, it doesn't cost us any extra dollars out of our pocket, but it, it may cost us some sales if it makes it harder for people to navigate through the site and find yes. what they want. Exactly. So that's really the trade-off of like, do you, it, does it become too overwhelming where people can't find anything? Because yeah. too many choices, if you like me, too many choices, I'm like, yo, I'm done. I'm out. I'm yeah. not doing anything, you know? <laughs> yep. So that's really what we've been trying to battle with now is like, all right, we got a lot of products. Is it too many products or can we just make the experience better? And that's really our focus now. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, man. As far as about the, um, like what I, what I was going to ask you too, man, like as far as, do you ever get pushback from like users or say, for instance, I just signed up with you. We got a drop ship model. I go to your website, right? But you've got four different products that are in my category on your homepage. Like, so how do you control, like, how does that work? You know what I mean? Oh, oh from percent? another. Yeah. Like, uh, do you ever get like pushback from other employees? Like, hey, I want to, I want to be on the homepage. I want this, right? Or anything like that to increase sales. Does that happen frequently? Uh, we do. We have that. And and so okay. what we've, what we've done as a retailer is this, this is where I think I've been, I've enjoyed the fact that I had to be a brand working with targets and walmarts and cbs's yeah. and negotiating these things yeah. and recognizing how they do it right they got a lot of brands that they have so they can prioritize and if you want to pay you can actually get a higher you know be in a higher place on the site or get preferred placement right so there's ways that there's a pay-to-play model for that but i can say back to our mission and what we're really about and this is now where we can highlight all these independent black owned brands that have struggled to get on the shelves of Walmart target that don't really, you know, they're trying to get, you know, they get a hundred, a couple hundred people to the site a month. We got thousands on thousands that come to our site a month. Now we can put them and give them prime position and in, in, in like retail space. So exactly. we look at it for a little bit on that side where it's like, how do we prioritize these brands that are from the community that are targeted community? And then how do we make sure that we 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 give opportunities for other brands who really think it's a priority to be able to be inserted there? 
Absolutely. And if I if I'm and I'm speaking to like vendors that you may be working with, right? So any mm -hmm. small business right now, this is why brand is so crucial. This mm -hmm. is why, right? So um Detavio said something that was really cool. He's the CEO of Revolt when he was on here a couple of weeks ago. He said we all are own digital media companies, right? Yes. And if, and if you look at look at people like Kevin Samuels, just for example, yep. right? Yes. This yep. dude has 700,000 subscribers, right? He could mm -hmm. sell you a pen tomorrow, a t-shirt, a hat, some Easily. shoes, some fragrances, and there's so many different ways to get the money, right? But if I'm a small yep. business owner, you have to put yourself out there. We all have a phone. We all have social media access. It's yep. all how you utilize it, right? Yes. 100%. Don't be, we, we put a picture up of our cousin and, you know, big mama and them and all that, but what right, does that right. get, you know what I mean? What does that, what does right, that get us right. in terms of our business, right? right? Differentiate yourself. If you got the edge control, why are you the best edge control? Why yes. did you start it? What did you do, right? So when you do come to somebody or a company, like fourth app you can mm -hmm. say look what i got yo I've yes got an and audience. they want and then they want to put you on because they're <laughs> like yo you driving traffic <laughs> here right and, and it's all comes down to value if you give people yes. things something they value they will move they will take action so understand what the value is in a retailer i'm trying to figure out what the value is for brands coming on the site right yeah. the same way i'm trying to make sure they see yo yeah. there's value here like there's yeah. people coming is this so it is it's it's equal exchange of value that's necessary. But you got to know what that value is that you offer and the value you're looking for. Exactly. Audience is leverage, guys. Yes. Audience is leverage. That's the main key. Audience is leverage. Right there is think about if you're a rapper, right? If I go to Atlantic right now and I just got a thousand followers on my social media as opposed to a little pump who has a million followers, right? Who what kind of it's gonna be a different conversation when I go in that office. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So that's what you got to think about, guys. How do I create leverage for my business so it can be business can be on my term? If I got a million followers, if I'm bringing a party, I can say what song goes on. <laughs> so think about it from that perspective, Facts. guys. So like that's the key to branding. That's why you know I always stress it. Like even for myself, right? It's important for me to be out there, and it's important for me to have this hat on. And you know why it's important for me to have this hat on? Because there's somebody out here who looks like me who's thinking like, "Damn, Jay is doing yes. it," and I could be yes. myself. You know what I mean? And that's the brand I want to be. Do I want to be the guy in a suit and tie and all that? No. When I kept right. it real and was authentic, that's when things started to happen. When I started just saying, yo, I was working at Starbucks and all this other stuff and people right, relate right. to you. But if I say I'm an SEO expert, who gives a damn? Yeah. Facts. Be relatable, man. Facts. Bring them in. Cast a wide net. Bring them in. Get people who genuinely love you. And once that happens, yeah. you get leverage and you're off to the, you're to the moon. Right. right. Nah, that's so real, man. The authenticity, man. That's like, it's really that's what it. it's about, you know? That's it. That's yeah. it, brother. I'm curious too, brother. I know we, damn, like we're going up with almost at time, man. But um, yeah. what's the best per professional advice you ever received? And what advice would you give to other brothers and sisters right now that are thinking about growing their online business? Yeah, you know what? The best advice that I got was a long time ago, um, uh, a mentor of mine, he was like, listen, you got to realize that your career is not a destination. It's a journey. And by mm -hmm. saying that to me, mm -hmm. as easy as, as kind of simple as that advice is, a light bulb went off and a lot of pressure just like relieved from my shoulders. Because when I was younger, if you think about it, it's like most of the time people ask this question. It's like, what do you want to do when you get older? As if you only have one choice. You When yeah. you get older, you do that. And that's what you do for the next 40, 50, 60 years. Now, previous generations... That's how they lived. Yeah. These generations are like, I'm not trying to live like that. So it gives so much more like it, it puts a weight on our shoulders of we're like trying to think, what am I want to do for the next 40 years? 
that is like then every decision you you're nervous about every decision you put a lot of pressure but it's like if you think about the same way like digital marketing works versus traditional media marketing traditional media markets like yo i gotta test this right i only got one time to do it we're gonna put a million into it digital marketing is like yo put it out there if you don't like it take it back yo like you know what i mean change it up right like do something different and in life it's like yo that's really where that advice had changed my perspective it was like yo your life is a journey not a destination just when you get one place don't mean that's the only place you can go it means shoot if you don't like it get up and go somewhere else that's what i did in 2018 i was like yo i'm done yo i don't want to be here anymore so i'm gonna get up i'm gonna change i'm gonna go to the next spot but i made sure where i was at i got everything i could get of value from the spot i was in and i didn't spend time worrying about man i'm sad i don't want to be here no i'm a here let me take what i can from here so that's the advice i give wherever you are in your life don't sit there worrying about, oh, I'm mad I'm here. Take what you can. Take what you can learn from that situation and that's use real. that to build into something better. Because that's that, the only, I mean, that's the only way it works. That's the real. I, I can't even, if I could drop this mic, I would, bro. But like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Real talk. That's, that's as real as it gets, you know? And yes. you think the best advice I've ever received is the most simple advice, right? Like you said, it's just like, at the end of the day, man, your career is a journey. It's not the destiny. Don't think about it. If I, I'd be lying to you right now, bro, to tell you I had a plan on my career. I didn't have any plan, man. Yeah. I, I came straight yeah. out of high school, man. I was working two, three jobs, Starbucks. I was a waiter. I had my son at 20 years old. I'm like, I can't be yeah. doing it. I can't be serving yeah. coffee no more. So I'm sitting yeah. there applying to a thousand jobs. And once I got the sales opportunity and got my foot in the door, I said, I'm yeah. not letting it slip. They went around the room. It was like, I'm from Harvard. I'm from Buffalo, NYU. Yeah, yeah I'm Jared from, from Evander Childs High School in the Bronx. Shout Thanks. out to y'all. And I'm going to be a top seller. Six yeah. months later, man, that's what it is. Same thing with the podcast, man. I had no... This was just yeah. something we did. You have to adapt in life, man. Adapt. Yeah. The pandemic happened. Yeah. I can't reach buyers. So you know what? I'm going to have the buyers come to me. Facts. <laughs> you make it happen, yo. That's it. That's it, That's y'all. it. That's the best advice, man. I, and Salim, man, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much, man. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, man. And, you know, we're rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. The company I pull rank, we're rooting for you, brother. Yeah. And I just want to see you win, man. So if there's anything we can do, you know, you got my number, brother. Just let me know, Thanks. man. And Looking forward to all the things. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the front of Forbes, bro. Yeah, one day, brother, one day. All right, let's get it. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. (laughs) Definitely, man. Much love. And thank you to all the audience who's watching. Thank you guys for the comments, man. We really appreciate you guys. Next week, if you guys want to learn more about SEO, we've actually got uh, Tammy Woods, who's one of the top female SEO thought leaders in the the space, coming here to talk to us and um, and share some insights. So thank you guys for joining. And we'll see you guys next week. It's Salim. Much love, my brother, as always. My man. Peace. My man. Have a great one, guys. You too.